Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Teaching Kindness, the Bullies Be Gone podcast, with yours truly, Nate Webb, the founder of Bullies Be Gone. Here on BBG, I go into all things kindness, bringing in guests and experts from all wakes of life. And we are all here for one reason and one reason only, to help you and your kids get over bullies, get off social media, and love your lives. So come on in and learn how to live in a world where kindness is king. I'm your host, Nate Webb. Let's get to it. What's up, everybody, and welcome back. It is great to be at BBG. We are back for our monthly podcast episode, and today we're going to be speaking with the one and only Ben Kerr. Um, He's been on the show before, and every time I talk with him, I feel like I can move mountains. So I felt like he'd be the perfect guy to send us off into our winter break and to end 2022. This episode is going to be amazing, but first, gotta pay the bills. All right, everybody, we are back. So today, I am so pumped today, guys. So for those of you who remember, way back a year and a half ago, I had Ben Care on the show. Um, and we're back for round two, guys. So for those who don't know, Ben, um, he was born with Cruzon syndrome. It's a craniofacial anomaly. And as a young boy, doctors told him he would have a different life. And boy, has he had a different life life. He's risen above so many life's challenges and he's become a victor, not a victim. Um, Ben has become UVU's first uh, All-American wrestler um, and first ever Division I wrestling All-American and represented Team USA internationally. Um, He actually lost in overtime to Henry Cejujo. Big deal, Kay. Henry was a freaking gold medalist and Ben almost kicked his butt, Kay. Um, <laughs> Henry, don't hurt me. Um, in the past six years, Ben has flipped nearly 200 properties, um, compiled rental portfolio, almost a hundred multifamily rentals. He is a giant in whatever industry he puts himself in. He's an international speech, professional speaker. He's told his story to millions around the globe and in front of crowds up to tens of thousands. And he has his wonderful wife and proud parents of the three beautiful adopted kids, three and under. Ben, you're amazing, man. Welcome, welcome to the show again. Nate, my man, you're, you're so kind. Thanks for giving that uh, those props. I hope Henry Cejudo didn't hear that. <laughs> that guy's a beast. He's If you yeah. focus on his story, it's phenomenal. Read his book, anybody out there. Um, it's, it's really an American dream. It's a story. His first bed, he's a good friend of mine. He stayed at my house numerous times. Um, I helped organize his camps around the country. Um, he's a, he's a good dude, but just a little bit about him. His first bed was in the Olympic training center when he was 16. He would literally be in the streets of South Tucson and, uh, these guys, if you know um, much about the Latino or, or Mexican culture, I, I lived in, in Tucson on the south right by the border. They'll do a lot of cock fights or dog fights uh-huh. and then they'll bet money, right? And, um, well, in place of doing these cock fights or these rooster fights, if you don't know what that is, uh, they would bring these boys together and they would have them fight. Yep in these alleys. Right. And they'd bring Henry's little, you know, Henry's little buddies in him. And then they would bet on these boys. 
at a wow. young age in elementary. And then the winner of him and his buddies would have ice cream. And uh, amazing people have gone through amazing things. Yep. And amazing people have also gone through very dark things. I think yeah. oftentimes we think the people in the spotlight, ah, Henry Cejudo, you know, he's a multiple time champion in the UFC. He's yep. one of the biggest names. Yep. He's an Olympic champion. Yep. You know, Big he wrestler. must have not gone through hard times. He must have had a silver or gold spoon in his mouth. No. Absolutely not. He's strong because he had to be strong. Oh, yeah. And so you go through anybody who has achieved anything, mm -hmm. and it's because they've chosen to be that victor and gone away from playing the victim game. So I appreciate you bringing him up because that man is uh, he's an incredible person. He is incredible. And you're pretty incredible yourself, my friend. Um, you know, looking, looking at you, where you are now, um, you know, little, little, little Ben care might not have imagined that he would have ever become an international speaker and a dope real estate person and, and a international wrestler, you know, for those, for those who are maybe listening for the first time, what's your story? What's your background? How did you come into this space? Uh, there's a couple of different spaces that you mentioned about. I appreciate you mentioning those. Uh, the space of just trying to striving to be a good human. I hate the word try, <laughs> but being a good human is choosing that every day, right? right. I don't care if you're uh, in the real estate industry as an investor like I am, or you've chosen to tell your story. And I say chosen because we all have a freaking story, right? Right. But we choose into being us. And that's how I got in the space I'm in. I've chosen to be me. I've chosen to do the things needed to do to stop pretending to be someone else. Right. And I enjoy what I'm doing. I'm moving even more so into speaking because I'm a big believer in God. I'm a big believer in uh, believing that he has something in store for us. I believe mm -hmm. that um, we were all meant for greatness. But kind of like Superman, how right. he has to go into the phone booth. Yeah. He didn't change who he was. No. Nope. He just had to open up his his suit coat and realize it was already there. So, so what, what point what what point did we did we did we did we get there though for you, man? I mean, you had plenty of opportunities as a kid to to feel like a victim, right? Like take us through little Ben growing up. You you had your fair share of hate, my friend. Yeah. Um, when I was younger, I, I was uh, not really understanding. There wasn't social media. It was a little bit different life, but it doesn't mean that the hate and the, the not desired attention didn't come. Mm -hmm. But I'll never forget the stories, you know, story after story after story of me, you know, being in grocery markets or me being in an ice cream parlor and the girl in front of me with all my family and all my, you know, around me trying to pick out our ice cream. And the little girl in front of me grabbed her mom's dress and in front of everybody in the middle of summertime there in the ice cream parlor yelling monster, monster, mom, let's get away oh, from man. the monster. And, and understanding who, who am I? I don't want this life. I don't want this attention. But 
going back and having my parents, my mom and my dad specifically, um, retrain my mind mm-hmm. and my voice, my inner voice, and retrain my thought process of what I could be and what I was already. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times we think, oh, we need to change. We need to change. We need to change. But in turn, I think we, if you understand where you come from, we realize that we're already amazing. Right. You just get to realize that, unveil that, be that Superman in the in the phone booth and be like, oh my gosh, I am Superman. But how do you do that, right? I think the question that a lot of people are probably thinking right now, Nathan, is like, okay, all right, that sounds good. It sounds kind of tickly and fuzzy and right. a little bit of sparkles. How do you do that? For me, it started with myself um, recruiting, myself um, conversion, myself negotiation that literally happens every day. And guys, I'm almost 40 years old this next May and it literally happens today. And it's how I communicate with me, Mm. how I'm kind with me. Huh? How you're kind with yourself. You know, I think that's something that a lot of people overlook is how we communicate with ourselves, our our positive or negative self-talk. Because, you know, our, our thoughts become our actions, our actions become our behavior patterns and our behavior patterns shape our future. We might, we might've been born into our circumstances, but we die in our actions mm-hmm. and, you know, what, what we choose in the end. Now, for, for those who don't know, we, we mentioned it earlier in the intro a little bit, your, your superpower that you were born with is Cruzon syndrome, right? It's a, it's a facial anomaly. Um, and it made you look a little bit different growing up, right? Yep, hands down. You want me to talk about that a little bit? Is that a little you? bit, yeah, because you've had a you've had a few surgeries as a result of that, right? Uh, yeah, many surgeries. So I was born with something called Cruzon syndrome. The doctors would come to my parents and say, "Hey, your boy is born different, right?" And so my parents at that moment had no freaking clue that what what it was. It's right. super rare. There's, you know, not a ton of humans walking around that look, you know, just like me, but the ones that do have the opportunity to choose, you know, how am I going to take advantage of this? And uh, I've seen this as a trial in my life. I've seen it as an obstacle. I've seen it as a curse sometimes, but I've also seen it, Nathan, I've also seen it as a blessing. Mm. I've also seen it as a superpower that you talk about. I've also seen it as an opportunity and an advantage. Well, how do you see it as that? It sounds psychotic, right? It sounds two-faced. It sounds like, eh, it sounds fuzzy. I think it comes down to like, all right, well, how am I going to live life? And what's my perspective going to be? Mm-hmm. Now, Cruzon syndrome, to, to understand what it is, so you know what I had to decide and how I had to live, was it would affect the mid part of my face. So the mid part of my face would grow at a different speed and some other parts of my head too. And so they would need to have numerous surgeries, especially in the growth stages to put me in a position to breathe, eat, and look the right way. For example, when I was younger, I could put, depending on the time of uh, you know my life, one or two fingers in my mouth 
bite down and not touch those fingers. I had such a massive underbite. Wow. Um, and a lot of people that have Cruzon syndrome have issues with even cleft lips and cleft palates. I have an incredibly high arch uh-huh. um, in my mouth, which affects the way I breathe. I'm not a nose breather. I can't breathe. I mean, so growing up, like even nursing, my mom, I, I couldn't uh, drink and breathe out of my nose. That was hard for me. I couldn't do it. And so numerous surgeries along the path would be a physical obstacle that I would overcome, but it would also be only one thing, the emotional and the, right. the mental side of what the doctor said I, my parents need to save money for, for, you know, therapists and counselors would be this type of, of, of healing that I would go through. But you know what, Nathan, like you could not have Cruzon syndrome. You could not go through the things that I've been going through or been blessed with. And we're all still going to have these type of battles. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, we heard, we heard the other day, one of the best dancers and performers in the world by the nickname of Twitch. Yeah. Who's married um, to a lady by the last name of Holker. And I know her brother really well, Aaron, he's a national champion wrestler. Yeah. And she's and a dope dad. dancer too. She was on dancing with the stars for numerous seasons as well. Yeah. I think that's how they met. And so it's interesting that in life, men, women, kids, adults alike, we have the opportunity to win this battle. Right. Of the it's victim. constantly raging. It is. And it is a, it's a true battle. And it can be a beautiful battle. It can be a brutal battle. But at mm-hmm. the end of the day, how do we how do we take that? And how do we understand how to win that battle? And for me, for me, I talk my victim self down off the ledge mm-hmm. by letting my victim self know that... Uh, First of all, it's okay to be like not okay sometimes. Right. Yeah. It's okay to it's okay to freaking suck. Let's just suck less tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> I love right? that. Let's, Let's just, just suck, suck less, less tomorrow. Less. Yeah, exactly. Let's suck a little bit less every day. And guess what? Soon the sucking will be hard to come by. Right. And as we do that and as we realize we're not perfect, as we realize we are just our God's gift but we still get to be unwrapped, mm-hmm. right? We still get to be packaged in some way that, uh, that, that life is, life is still beautiful, even though it can be brutal and ugly sometimes, because you can always become clean. You can yeah. always wipe the mess off and there's always a way to still smell good through all of that. Yeah. Now you, you, you speak at a lot of schools. You've been speaking a lot lately. Um, and you're, you, one of your big things is talking, you know, you're, your victor over victim. Um, when I, I know that it, it's a constant battle in our, in our minds, but is there a time in your life where you can pinpoint where you're like, that is where I first began to be like more. So the victor versus the victim. Like I was able to rescue that victim and be the victor for myself. When was that point in your life, that turning point for you? Yeah, there's one point, and I, I tell the story quite a bit. If you haven't heard it, this will be a first time for you. If you had, it would be a good reminder. Um, is one time I was at a grocery market, and uh, my buddy and I were helping his mom 
uh, get groceries and she promised us chocolate if we would go. And we did. I grabbed my Twix in hand and we were getting ready to check out rush hour traffic in this grocery market. And there was a man, an adult with his two kids right in front of us. He was the first in line and getting ready to pay. As he looked at me in front of what I felt like was half of my neighborhood, he um, he pointed me out and, and, and he said in front of everyone to his kids, hey, look at that boy. I can't believe someone with that type of face who looks that way has any friends or goes out in public. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was it was hard, especially as an elementary kid that doesn't know what to do, can't run, doesn't have a car. Right. Um, oh. And uh, stayed there. I froze, forgot about my Twix in hand. It just started melting in between my gripped fingers. Mm. And when I thought it was over and done with the pain of that attention, he paid for his groceries, grabbed his kids, put them behind him as if he was getting ready to go away from a monster. And I'll never forget. He said, don't go near that kid. Don't touch him because he's probably contagious. Wow. And I don't, I don't want you to have that. Oh my goodness. And that's what broke me was I went home. My friend's mom dropped me off. I ran in the office of my dad's office. There's a bathroom, slammed the door. My mom came in. And just melted on me, cried with me, cuddled with me. And and then she told me to get up off my butt. She told me to wipe my tears and stand in front of the mirror. And then she recited to me the things that would that would change the narrative in my life that would be my positive self-talk instead of thinking I'm ugly. I'm not worth it. I need to take off my face physically is what I was thinking I was going to do. She allowed me to believe that I was way more than enough, that this was a potential blessing that the attention could be used for great attention. And in that moment, I started to believe that I could compete commit to treating myself better and if i treated myself good enough nate then then and my shield was good enough then it could block the darts right you know it's interesting growing up and going through junior high and high school there were some people um that uh believed at times that I was arrogant, cocky, full of himself. And I'll never forget hearing this interview of Oprah. And she is a fantastic woman when it, when you talk about positive self-talk and understanding mm-hmm. who you can be. When she was told she couldn't do anything of what she's doing now. Mm-hmm. And in this interview, she said, you know what? There's been, been many people that have said I'm full of myself. And she said, well, I'm sorry to hear that, but what would you like me to be? Empty of myself? Would you like me to be empty and and hollow? Is that what you want me to be? And in my life, my positive self-talk has become so powerful for me Mm -hmm. that 
it's been my number one carrier of my confidence. And there's been times that maybe like I was overconfident because that power that you can have in, in, in what that can do for you. That is amazing. Just because it can be hard. It can be hard when the world's telling you that you're a loser, when the world is being loud. And I do love that it kind of came from a foundation of love from your, from your parents, from your mom. They loved you louder than the world could hate you so that your positive self-talk could come up and, and you had that foundation already. You had, you had the loudspeakers. Your parents gave them to you. And you know how to, how to blast those suckers louder than the world's hate could give to you. And now you're off spreading that to schools all around the nation, um, talking to people all the time. What are you noticing some of the, some of the things kids are facing right now that the, 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 the mindset changes or maybe the obstacles, trials, things you're, you're noticing with the kids right now that they're going through that's unique to this day and age for them? Um, the things I'm noticing now is the default methods that the kids are, um, falling to. Mm. In other words, um, Tony Robbins talks about how we won't reach our goals. Mm -hmm. We will reach our standards, Mm. right? Okay. We won't reach our goals. We'll reach what our standards are. I believe right now and today, youth in America and all over the world have default standards that's based upon this thing, their phone. Their cell phone. Now, what is that? Their default standards are usually opening up TikTok, opening up any type of social media, Instagram or whatever, and whatever comes up is their default. Here's my challenge for all of you guys out there, and this includes adults. In the mornings... When I get up, I have my default methods set to whatever I want my standard to be. Let me give you an example. What I like to do is I like to work out and start my morning routine out the right way. And when I do that, it helps me out tremendously. I open up YouTube. What populates in your YouTube is what you have subscribed to. Right. Isn't that an interesting word? We subscribe to what is defaulted in the YouTube wall, right? Mm, Yep. So in other words, let's go back into other social media. Who are you subscribing to? Who are you friending or following in TikTok? Then when you open that up, get rid of the freaking crap. Get rid of the trash so that your subscriptions are uplifting you. Because we scroll, me included, deadless, like aimlessly, and we're just like dead, and it's a way to check out, which isn't bad all the time. I think it's kind of healthy to check out and just kind of have a moment for yourself. But if I grab my phone and all my default standards or what I'm subscribing to is garbage, Mm. that will be us. And it's no different from friendships. Now, we have friends on Facebook and stuff. But our real friends in life, when we show up to school, who are the people that we're subscribing to? When we show up to work, who's the job that you're subscribing to? Whose seat are you in? Whose name are you under? We get to level up, right? Upgrade 
our subscriptions, our signups, our memberships, whether that's in a church, whether that's in a gym, whether that's in your friendships, whether that's in however we live, whether that's in ourselves. How do we see ourselves? Is it in the right light? So our standards are directly surrounded by how we design our life because too many people are living by default, just mm. dead aimlessly and let's just get to the end of the day. And that is killing us in literally every single way. Literally. There's so many kids right now. I'm a high school counselor. I talk to so many kids every day. Oh, I would say probably last year, I probably talked to 200 kids that either had a suicide attempt, contemplated suicide, um, that wanted to end their life because a lot of the pressures that they're feeling right now. And I, I have a lot of kids that I talk to that they say like, oh, I have anxiety. And they don't, they haven't really been like diagnosed with anxiety. They just feel anxiety and they don't know how to cope with it. They're scared of the emotion. And so they hide from it. And then they, they hide from it for so long that when they feel it and they don't know how to cope with it, eventually it does turn into like, you know, depression, anxiety, suicidality. But for the vast majority at the start, they just don't know how to cope. They're so scared of their emotions that they hide from them. And it's like, man, how are we going to help you guys encourage you guys to face those emotions, to feel those emotions? And I, and I really think it starts with the adults more so than it does the kids. I mean, we're, we're the example setting for the kids. They mirror our behavior. The reasons why they're you know tied to the hip with their phone, it's welded to their hands. Our phones are welded to our hands 90% of the time. You look at mom and dad and they're trying to keep up with the Joneses on Facebook, take the picture perfect Christmas card on Instagram, whatever it might be. And I'm not saying those things are bad, but I think we all need to do a little bit of a gut check to see the, how those things are affecting our little ones around us. You mentioned on the interview at the beginning that I adopted three kids. I want to tell you how big of a freaking shock that was for me, dude. Not to have nine month waiting period to like prep to become a dad, have like 15 hours to be able to jump on a plane and show up when I heard that he, you know, my first boy was born. You know what I've learned and it's, a rude awakening, but it's also a beautiful awakening mm -hmm. if you look at it this way. Nate, my kids live life based upon my standards. Oof. And that can be freaking incredible. And it can also be freaking scary. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> no pressure, right? But then again, if I'm going to go to Vegas and bet on someone, why not bet on someone that can, that where I can have some control in it? That's right. me. Right. And so when I come home and I show up and I shut the door and my three, three and two year old is like, daddy, daddy, how do I show up? Even though today has been a pretty freaking sucky day. How do I show up? Do I bring the suckiness into their life? Do I bring the victimness into their life? Do I bleed that ugliness over to them? Do I let their standards be the same? Because that's only what they know. Dude, this freaking, if the world would know this, right? I guarantee, and as a counselor sitting in school, having these 200 kids that you talk to year in and year out, I bet you listen to them and you're like, oh my gosh. I know exactly how your parents probably live. 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. If you're this or you're that, I guarantee it's probably a result of how you live in life. It's yeah. probably a result of how your faith is in your family, how, how your family is together, how your fitness is, how your finances are. I bet your fulfillment at home is not pretty good. And I bet you don't have a lot of fun, mm. right? Those are the six F's that I live by. And if my standards are low in those, of course, my kids are going to be low, probably worse because they don't know any better. Mm -hmm. And that's the top standard that they see. So as we raise our standards of living, our kids default will change. And that's a beautiful thing. That's incredible. It's so beautiful. The impact that we all have the potential to have. I do you think do you think some of us are scared scared of our potential impact and that's why sometimes we self destruct I'm freaking scared of my impact <laughs> <laughs> Dude do you think some of us I'm scared brother I literally go to freaking bed with a man diaper on I go to bed I change my kids diapers and then I grab theirs and I put it on me because when I go to bed, I freaking pee my pants because I'm like, oh my gosh, God gave me a calling. Yeah. Now, what you don't know is, and maybe you know this, but you just said I've been speaking a lot lately. Dude, I've been speaking a ton way before that. What oh, yeah. I haven't been doing is I haven't been telling the story. And so a lot of people in the world hide, muffle what they're doing and um i'll give it a little twist here mm -hmm. many of the people listening are probably christian or if they're not christian at least they know what the bible's about a lot right. of people the majority of the i don't know if it's the majority of the world but a lot of people in the world call it the good book now let's talk mm -hmm. about stories and let's talk about fear of being somebody and putting yourself out there can we agree that if the men Matthew, Mark, Luke, James, all these people that wrote in this book, mm -hmm. if they didn't document and put out there what they were doing and witnessing and learning, we would not have the good book of the Bible. Mm. We could agree upon that. I don't care if it's the Quran. I don't care if it's whatever book that you may call your, your Bible. But we are called to do the same, I believe document what we're witnessing in life, the incredible examples that they saw in Jesus mm -hmm. and talk about it. Yeah. Man. Oh man. This has been, I could talk to you for hours, man. Um, as we wrap up um, for those people who feel like victims right now, for those people, as we're heading into the holidays, as we're heading into that, meh time of in between Christmas and New Year's where the days mesh and we don't know what month it is. What, what bits of advice would you have for those people struggling to feel like a victor? Uh, I would say the people out there who are struggling to feel like a victor, you're feeling a little down and out. You're feeling a little bit not normal, right? Mm -hmm. That uh, 
you're <clears throat> it's okay like join the club yeah right like i'll tell you today i woke up like a freaking victim there's some things going on in my life that aren't perfect um had a had a uh, a big water leak to where we couldn't have water in our house freezing temperatures some stuff happened with some piping some other stuff happened some things that weren't weren't supposed to do just a big stressful day and i completely felt like a victim mm. but i want to tell you this nathan i want to thank you first of all for doing this because you never know how this impacts it and you may feel like we're doing this call for other people but i want you to know this call today is for me too and as we get ourselves out of the victim mentality, well, how do you do that, right? You go and you give and you express love and gratitude to yourself and others. And that's literally what we're doing right now. And I want to tell you, I want to thank people like you, Nate, that put themselves out there. Mm -hmm. This is not convenient for you to call people up and schedule people on different times of your day and go around their schedule. It's not uh, always financially convenient. It's not time convenient. It's, it's not per, you know, comfortable. And so I want to tell you, thank you for putting yourself out there. Find people during this holiday season that have been a blessing to you and they have allowed you uh, the opportunity to be a little bit more who you're supposed to be mm -hmm. and that's exactly what you're doing for me today you're allowing me to get out of my victim mentality that i could be in today Thank you. you're allowing me to tell a few of the stories that have allowed me to live a little bit different life mm -hmm. and hopefully this impacts someone who's listening i pray that it does mm -hmm. and i want to thank you because thank you. you do this day in and day out I love seeing your posts. <laughs> Thank you. I love it. And, and, and whether it's in the dark of your car, because you're going to go work out in the morning or whether it's right now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Nathan, for putting yourself out there. I appreciate that so much. And I appreciate you as well, man. You're, you're a huge light in a world that can feel dark sometimes. Um, and I want to thank you, everybody who's listening to this episode. Um, if you guys want to go check out Ben, all the great stuff he's doing, all of his social tags are going to be in the podcast description. So you can go check him out. Um, and also my, my, my stuff will be there as well. Bulliesbe.com. If you want either of us to come to your church school event, whatever it might be, hit us up. Love to help you out. However we can always remember guys, you are wonderful. You are worthy and you are worth it. Go home and give your kids an eight second hug and we'll see you on the next one.